0: And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall!
1: Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hello. Thank you, everyone. Please, everyone, sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. (laughs) That's right. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. Before we want to jump into the episode, though, I want to say a huge thank you to my last guest, Frankie Ray, an absolute sweetheart to speak with, and I cannot wait to hear more amazing music from her as time goes on. If you haven't heard her interview with me, I strongly encourage you to seek it out after the conclusion of this episode. And Frankie, if you're listening, thank you again for coming on the show. You were amazing. Alright, so welcome to episode 140, and we have a fantastic episode lined up for you today. We have on the show Hollywood royalty in the form of Dee Wallace. Dee has been on the acting scene since 1975, becoming a staple on the Hallmark Channel, an iconic performer in the horror genre, and of course, known for her portrayal of Mary Taylor in one of the most successful films in the history of cinema, Steven Spielberg's E.T., The Extraterrestrial. We discuss various highlights of her film career, as well as the other side of D, which is in the field of healing and spirituality. With her call-in radio show, TED Talks and Books, D is a leader in healing yourself and accepting your own magnificence and power in a loving, positive way. I think we could all use a little bit more of that. So lots to get into, so let's just go ahead and get to it. Duval Nation, please welcome to the show, calling in today from Woodland Hills, California, one of the nicest women you could ever hope to speak with, and I mean that sincerely, legendary actress, Dee Wallace. Hello, Dee. Welcome to the Derek Duval Show. This is indeed a great honor for me and my listeners. Thank you for taking the time to come on. How was the weather out by you today?
2: Well, it's... Awesomely great. It's a little overcast, so we got some break in the heat.
1: So I start my interviews off with the same question, how's it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic so far?
2: You know, uh, I got to say pretty easy. I, I have to attribute that to all my healing work. I, um, I really am a believer that we can't let anything outside of ourselves define who we are. And so we have to create our own lives through our decisions and our perceptions of the world. And I just got up every day and say, "Okay, what can I create today?" I didn't look at the limitations; I just looked at the possibilities. And I had some—I had two really good years.
1: So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born, and what was it like to grow up there?
2: Uh, Kansas City, Kansas. And it was a great, it is a great place to be from. Um, I had a beautiful, loving family, pretty poor, but loving, and everybody was very talented in their own way. Had somewhat of a religious uh, upbringing, but more than religious, it was, you know, I was just taught a lot of integrity. I was taught to always tell the truth, to do my best to rise to the occasion, and to keep going. And those were all amazing lessons that I carry with me today.
1: Do you have any favorite memories from your time at University of Kansas?
2: <laughs> well, let me tell you, my time at the University of Kansas, this is <laughs> this was my four years, okay? I drove from Kansas City to Lawrence three days a week. I took 18 hours load on those three days. I worked full time the other two days at a hospital. So my most lasting memories of KU, because I never really was up there to participate in the sports or any of that great stuff, was you know, my drama classes
0: mm-hmm. and
2: all my drama training.
1: That's awesome. Now you've had an acting career that has spaced out very well over 40 years. What do you remember from your early days working with Charles Conrad?
2: Oh my gosh, Charles Conrad changed my life. Carl's, uh, Charles, uh, I don't even know where to begin. You know, I studied with a lot of great, great acting teachers, Uta Hagen, Jeff Corey. But when I found Charles, I found the technique that worked for me. And basically, it's, it's a technique where you come in with absolutely no ideas, which is foreign to almost any other technique. And you get your energy very high. You throw all your energy toward the person that you're working with or the werewolf or the rabid dog. <laughs> and that really opens up a channel for you to bring in the character kind of tells me what to do is the easiest way I can explain it. And Charles just, he changed my life professionally and he would start every class reading some kind of philosophy. And that really enhanced my interest in my healing work also.
1: How hard was it for you in the beginning to get established in the business?
2: You know, it was pretty easy. (laughs) (laughs) It was from the time I left Kansas and I had never been out of Kansas. Okay. Mm -hmm. From the time I left Kansas till the time I did ET was just a little under seven years. So... And I started late. I was 27 when I went to uh, New York, but I got started very quickly in commercials and um, I was trained as a professional dancer. So I started doing a lot of industrial shows. Mm -hmm. So I, I made a very good living for the two years that I was in New York studying and then I uh, danced my way as a kugel peanut across from ARK and ended up in L.A. And one of my friends from acting class was out here and he said, hey, I'll get you a meeting with my theatrical people if you'll give me an ed- a meeting with your commercial people. So we did, and we both got signed, and I just have some amazing, some really amazing beginning stories about how I, like, uh, you know, it was very hard to get onto the lots back then, and still is, quite frankly. And so I did what we all do in the Midwest. I baked chocolate chip cookies and I wrapped them up in these big cellophane baskets. And I went to the guard gate and I said, hi, I've got deliveries. And he said, okay, go on through. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I spent the whole day delivering these baskets to casting directors. And the last person was Reuben Cannon, who was the head of casting at the time And he said, oh, chocolate chip cookies, my favorite. Come on in. Let's talk for a minute. (laughs) While I was in there, he gets a call from the set that the girl who was playing the waitress was sick. And it was the next scene up and what it wanted them to do. And he covered the phone and looked at me and said, what size do you wear? I said, what size do you need, honey? (laughs) 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 So that uh, that was my first film job in LA.
1: That's awesome. You are now the seventh guest I've had who has worked intimately with the legend we know as Steven Spielberg. What are some of your favorite memories from him?
2: Oh, you know, I just loved watching Steven work with the kids. I mean, Steven himself is very childlike. He loves what he does. And it's like playing dress up for him. I I know that sounds weird, but I mean it in a really positively loving way. Obviously, he's a genius. Obviously, he knows all the technical stuff. But to have that infectious love of what you do and watch him work with the kids was really magical for me.
1: That's awesome. I'm not going to ask many questions about E.T. because it's been covered by people far more published than I. But for my listeners, would you care to share a favorite memory on working on the film?
2: Oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, You know, all the kids would play together uh, during all the breaks, from Robert, who was 14, down to Drew, who was, I think, five or six at the time. I loved my scene with E.T., with uh, Gertie, Uh, reading Peter Pan because Peter Pan was my favorite film growing up so I loved that those two worlds came together and I I tell you the first day I walked on the set I turned to the right and E.T. was standing there with three or four guys around him talking about something and I stopped in my tracks and I'm not kidding I looked at this Person standing there, and it was like I could connect with his soul. Carlo Rambaldi and his design in ET—it just surpassed what a special effect is ever supposed to be able to do for me. Hmm.
1: ET is one of those rare once-in-a-lifetime films that you know became a box office phenomenon. Looking back, are you still amazed it did as well as it did?
2: No. I'm not. I had to go over behind locked doors and read the script. And I remember calling my agent and saying, you know, I don't think this is probably going to do a lot for me in my career, (laughs) but I think it's going to do a lot for the world and I want to be a part of it. And I was right, wasn't I? I mean, I there are so many stories that people have shared with me about how this movie has changed their life. In dramatic ways, and I mean, it's it's our Wizard of Oz. You know, it's going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. So it didn't it didn't surprise me when it took the world because it took my heart that day that I read it.
1: Mm. Uh, I want to move on to your other celebrated works, but I do want to say before we move on, I saw a video of you yesterday, the reunite with Drew Barrymore on her show. Yeah. Uh, how much fun was that experience?
2: Oh, it was great fun, and it was a real surprise for her. And I'm sure I can announce this. They didn't tell me I couldn't. The boys and I are going back to have a reunion with Drew this next week. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. A, lot, well, a lot of whole fun. That's awesome. ET reunion, yeah.
1: Oh, fantastic. Um, I have a question. Do you have an idea as to why you've been strongly pulled towards the horror genre?
2: You know, I didn't go looking for horror. Horror found me. But if you look at what you need professionally as an actor, horror uses it all. You have to have a deep emotional life. You have to know how to connect with things that aren't real, as well as things that are. And you need to know how to play arcs in your character and in the story. I just happen to be really good at all those things. (laughs) And so I did a religious film before I did The Hills Have Eyes, which kind of sums up my whole career. (laughs) And actually who I am, because I spend half my time doing horror films and the other half of my life teaching people how to heal from their own fears so you know i'm quite a dichotomy there but i think once the horror genre found me i found out how satisfying it was for me to play those big arcs and those emotional lines
1: that was my next question is you know when you were doing all these horror films were you ever worried about being typecast
2: no. And quite truthfully, I don't think I have been. I, you know, I do a lot of Hallmark movies. I've had a sitcom on for three years. Uh, I go in and out. I've got two family films and a romantic comedy coming out soon, along with my horror films. So I think I've done pretty well letting Casting and everybody know in my industry that I move in and out of different genres really easily.
1: Fair enough. Uh, I've had the privilege of meeting and speaking briefly with Rob Zombie a couple of times, and I saw you work with him on Three from Hell. What is it like to collaborate with him?
2: Oh, my gosh. I adore Rob. He is the nicest, sweetest, most down-to-earth guy and what I love most about Rob is he really respects and trusts his actors. When he sent me that part from Three from Hell, I wrote him back and I went, oh, my God, Rob, I have to do this part. But I have to look like shit, OK? <laughs> uh, I have to dye my hair brown. I don't want to put on any makeup. Could I have some horn rim glasses And he wrote me back. There were a few moments and then I got an email back and it said, "Okay." (laughs) (laughs) that was it. That was it. So, you know, I just saw her the minute I read it. And hair and makeup helped me bring her all together. You know, he just in everything that I've worked with on Rob, he really trusted my instincts. There's a scene in Three from Hell when I purposely take Sherry down and give her to these three women that I think are going to, you know, grind her to Pulp Fiction, right? Mm -hmm. And when I come back later, they're all gone. They're, They're dead. And they brought me in to add that scene. And so I didn't have any time to prepare for it. And I walked in and I, he said, Rob said, okay, let's shoot. I went, wait a minute, hold it. I just got to feel into where she's at, what she would do when she see comes upon this and sees this. And all of a sudden she just told me she gets off on this. <laughs> and I went, okay, Rob, okay, let's go. So we did the take and I, I played it, and and he yelled cut, and he went, God, you're sick, D, and I love it so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So moving away from your acting career, you are an incredible agent for self-creation, self-care. You do numerous speaking engagements, and I can add you to the echelon of my guests who have a TED Talk under their belt. What inspired you to get into public speaking?
2: Oh my gosh, I've been doing public speaking since I was a little girl. My mother, we were very poor and she would trade her secretarial services to get me dance lessons and what they called back then elocution lessons. And I would learn what we would call monologues, but we called them readings back then. And my mother and I both would perform for the mayor and for the music clubs in Kansas City and for our church, I just was groomed very, very early to model and be comfortable in front of an audience. And then I also, when I was a little, would channel. Uh, I woke my mom up one night in the middle of the night and she had to go to work at 7 a.m., and this was around 3, and I said, Mommy, something's wrong at Grandma's house, and so, God love her, she got up, and she called Grandma, and Grandma didn't answer, so God love her, we got in a car, and we drove over there, and the cat had gotten up on the stove and turned all the burners on, but they hadn't ignited, and so all the gas was coming out. And filling the house. So I I would get messages like that. And then I kind of, you know, in high school, I went, yeah, I kind of put it away. I would hear messages every once in a while. I went, yeah, yeah. and But then um, I met my husband, Christopher Stone. And he was all involved in this philosophy called conceptology. And it's all about you create your own life through your thoughts and your perceptions and it was really the precursor and it was supposedly channeled information the precursor to the secret and all that so we would go down and we would study the text and we would learn and and so that kind of ignited my channel again and then Christopher died very early And I dropped to my knees and said, you know, I don't want to be pissed off and I don't want to be a victim. I want a way we can heal ourselves. And like that, my channel opened back up because ask and you receive. The first message I heard seconds later was use the light within you to heal yourself. And I kind of have been exploring and expanding and learning about that ever since. Mm. And so now I do private sessions all over the world and keynote speeches. And it's really a big part of my heart. That's awesome. And you know what was interesting is when I really started channeling consciously again, I went, oh my God, this is what I've been doing in my acting all the time since I studied with Charles. I've been channeling the character because literally, the character tells me what to do.
1: Okay, DeVal Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Dee Wallace. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long, deep breaths. Yep, you know. You know I'm going to say it. Clouseau style.
2: Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good
1: please give your attention to a few friends of my show and we will be right back. Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is introducing podcasting made easy
0: from Podcasting audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is
1: podcasting made easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's
0: deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at
2: podcasticaudio.com slash easy.
0: Duval
1: Nation, Derek and Mindy Duval here to talk about Jerky Pro, the standard in premium beef jerky products.
0: The Derek Duval Show and Derek and Mindy's Fun With Movies is proud to be sponsored by the team at Jerky Pro. As a veteran,
1: I am always the first to support veteran-owned businesses. Setting up shop in 1987 and founded by military and paramilitary veterans, they have set the bar for how beef jerky is processed, flavored, packaged, and sold.
0: With strict quality control standards, Jerky Pro offers many flavors that are sure to please any beef jerky connoisseur. From the standard original flavor to honey glazed, peppered, teriyaki, sweet barbecue, or, if you're brave enough, the fierce red hot, there are many flavors guaranteed to entice your palate.
1: Offered in various sized packaging, use promo code dubal 37 all in capital letters, at checkout to receive a 5% discount. Remember, folks, if your beef jerky is not making your mouth water, then it's not Jerky Pro Beef Jerky. Jerky Pro,
0: the standard in premium beef jerky products.
1: Hey, this is Patrick Baker, and you are listening to The Derek Duvall Show. Check out my new single available on all major streaming platforms and visit my site at PatrickBakerMusic.com. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings, or have been told these things?
0: Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own, with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise!
1: Budget cuts! Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you.
0: Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on, Warriors. We've got this.
1: I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam, the Provocateur. And together we are the Spy Hearts Podcast. Every Tuesday, we decode the best and the worst of spy cinema to decipher if they make the knock list. That's right, the knock list is the need to see official classics of the spy genre. The best of the best, so to speak. Nobody does it better. From Bourne to Bond and Powers to Palmer, you can bet we will cover it. So subscribe now and revel in the audio equivalent of a smooth martini. Just search for SpyHards, that's S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S on all major podcast apps. And let's just hope you find us before we find you.
2: Hey, it's Presley Tennant, and you're listening to The Derek Duvall Show. You can find my brand new EP 600 Miles on all streaming platforms right now. I want to take that three miles? Change of plans that we have made I guess it's hard to hear a heartbreak 600 miles away I
0: still got Junay Sergio
1: arriving
2: Hello everyone this is Janay Sergio life coach combat veteran and best selling author I invite you to purchase my new book Perfectly flawed a veteran's journey from homeless to hero in these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in operation enduring freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold.
1: Welcome back to episode 140 of the director of all show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with legendary actress, Dee Wallace. You are quite a celebrated author with your website, sharing many books that you've written for purchase. But I want to talk to you about your latest book, Born Giving Birth to a New You. Where did the idea to write this latest in your bibliography come from?
2: Well, you know, the pandemic hit, and I got up and they said, All the studios are closing. And I went, Oh my God, am I going to make a living? And my channel said, The studios aren't your living, your consciousness is your living. Get up every day and say, What can I create today? So I got up and purposefully, I start my day every morning with a 10 minute breathing exercise where I state my desires hooked into love and excitement. And I created a short horror film for my fans. I got up one day and I said, hmm, what can I create today? And the channel said, write the book, not a book, the book. Mm -hmm. And I knew exactly what they were talking about because I work with thousands and thousands of people now uh, in private sessions, and everybody studies, everybody reads, everybody goes to workshops, and nobody knows how to implement the formula for creation and manifestation. So I wrote that book, and that's what Born is. It is literally, step by step by step, how you create anything in your life.
1: As you mentioned, you know, the theme covered in the book is creation and manifestation. Why do you think we, as humans, are afraid to ask for what we want?
2: Because we're always taught that we can't. We're taught from the time we're little that we can't, Mm -hmm. that we shouldn't. God isn't going to love you if you ask for too much. People aren't going to like you if you ask for too much. Shouldn't ever ask. For more than you need. I can remember my grandmother saying to me, they're the rich people. We're the good people. Hmm. Yeah. And that really is what, over the years, society, religion, our families have been taught and passed down. And it's not true. It's, that's not what God said That's what man said, God said. So God in the good book says, these miracles and more will you do also. Go do them. And I want to give you all the desires of your heart. Not if you're worthy. I just want to give you all the desires of your heart. So we were given free will to create ourselves on this plane. So we can be the God of us who creates ourselves powerfully, or we can be the God of us that creates ourselves as fearful and limited. And I choose the first one. Let me just add one thing. You want to always do that through love. Because when you create yourself powerfully through love, you never can hurt Another person or another thing.
1: I wanted you to explain to my listeners what it means to have an, a love affair with the universe, because that was very interesting to me.
2: Yeah, well, let's just go to who we all want as our significant other, right? Someone we trust, someone we love, someone we respect and honor, and we want someone to love and trust, respect and honor us right? Well, we are in a relationship with the universe. The universe is our partner in creation. We are literally electrical beings. They measure our hearts through electrocardiograms. They measure our brains through electroencephalograms, right? So every thought and feeling we have shoots out an electrical charge which goes out into a universe that's electromagnetic so whatever charge we're sending out the universe is matching and pairing up and partnering with us so if you're sending out the thought oh i'm not worthy and i'm not really worthy of getting what i want the universe has to match that it doesn't judge it It just matches the signal. If you send out, you know, I love me and I'm awesome and I'm magnificent and I'm worthy of receiving all the desires of my heart, the universe has to match that. And then it creates that with us. And it's really, really miraculous to watch it when you start doing it and living it. And really being present in the moment of now, which is where we create everything, how you magnetize to you the very things that you are claiming and wanting. It's crazy to watch. (laughs) Crazy and exciting.
1: What has the reception to the book been like?
2: Oh, amazing. I mean, you know. People that understand the concepts have really embraced it. I have emails every day. My life is changing. It's unbelievable, D. I love myself for the first time in my life. Uh, my money's increased. My health is getting better. I just found the relationship I've been looking for. And you have to be open to the belief system that I am presenting, because that's really the core of everything. As you believe, that is how your life will manifest. And it says that in the good book, as you believe, it is delivered to you. It also says that in brain science, whatever you focus on, you create more of in your life. So if you focused on your limitation, you will be a perfect creator in creating more limitation.
1: I do want to ask you about your call-in radio show. How much fun is that to do?
2: Oh my gosh, I look forward to it every week. It's on every Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Anybody can call in and ask the channel anything. There's nothing off limits. You know, if I've had a tough week and I'm tired and I get on that show and I just come alive. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it just feeds my heart when we all come together because we're all coming together with the intention of getting the highest information for our freedom. And that opens up the energy and is incredibly empowering.
1: It was reported by Deadline, promoted on your social media, that you have joined Paramount Plus' show Fatal Attraction. What can you tell us about it?
2: <laughs> well, I can tell you that it is a very honest replica, not following exactly the story, but a mirror of the story. The fans. Will not be disappointed, I guarantee <laughs> you. And the performances, amazing performances. And it's one of literally the nicest sets I've ever worked on.
1: That's awesome. Uh, I also
2: first... have a recurring role on a series called A Deeper Look, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about, where I play the psychic oh, nice. on it. <laughs> yeah. Close to home.
1: So with those two uh, projects uh, aside, what's next for you?
2: (laughs) Well, I'm still shooting those, baby. I've got, let's see, I've got two family films and a romantic comedy coming out. I have Jeepers Creepers Reborn that I opened the picture that just came out. Mm -hmm. The horror film, The Knicks, N-I-X, is streaming now. So you could spend an entire week just watching <laughs> D. Wallace Horror Films here for Halloween. <laughs> That's awesome. So I, yeah, been very busy. And I've I've got a new book brewing in my mind about, not on my healing work, but on the title. I'm hoping that it will be as Horror Stories from the Life in Horror Films.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to ask if there was an autobiography in the works.
2: Uh, no, but well, I get—I guess that could be considered kind of a biography of my horror film experiences. Yeah, but yeah. not a real biography.
1: Fair enough. So I always like to ask one fun question, and I especially love asking this question to actors. Uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, what sort of shows, if you have time to watch television, what sort of shows are you currently into?
2: Uh, My favorite show is The Voice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It just makes me feel good. I love the fun they have. I love how they honor all the performers that come on and the talent that comes on to the show. I love relationship dramas. Love, adore New Amsterdam. Ryan's eyes. You can just literally see his soul in those <laughs> eyes. And we watched all the FBI's and all the law and orders. <laughs> yeah, those are my favorites.
1: Awesome. So I am very sincere. You know, we had over well over 100 guests come on the show, and not a one of them has a good website as you do. Uh, so as we wind down this interview, what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online?
2: Oh, my website is I am, A-M-D-D-E-E, wallace.com. Uh, it's got all my healing things on there. Uh, there's a lot of free stuff you can go on and listen to. Everything is incredibly affordable because my intention is just to get the word out and to teach this work. So that everybody moves into more freedom in their lives.
1: Awesome. So I end my interviews with my favorite question. And the question is this, if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you want to say to the people of earth?
2: Love yourself, love yourself, get up every day and say, how can I love myself more? Because that's what will save this world.
1: Awesome. The book is Born, Giving Birth to a New You, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. D, you've had a hell of a good career, and wherever the future takes you, me and my wishes wish you nothing but the absolute best. And
2: oh, thank, thank you. you, and thank you for a great interview and for being so prepared. So appreciated.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you for coming on the show.
2: Thank you. Have a okay. good one.
1: And just like that, Devon Nation, we come to the end of episode 140. I want to thank Dee for taking the time out of her incredibly busy schedule to speak with me. I got to speak with her after the interview, and let me tell you, she is easily one of the busiest women on the Hollywood scene, and she has no intention of slowing down. Dee, I know you're listening. My offer stands if you ever want to come back on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, tune again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. I have a really good one coming up in a few days, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel, for that episode to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have. So please go hit that subscribe button to keep up to date for when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, please drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad, though we prefer good ones like anybody else would. We are still enjoying our partnership with the amazing Tee Public. The Derek Duval Show has a great little store on there with everything with our logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have some really fun T-shirts on there that Mrs. Duval and I added ourselves. So please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Go on the banner of the left that says Merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on Tee Public. And once again, we want to thank them for being such great partners with The Derek Duval Show. Speaking of The Derek Duvall Show, on behalf of myself and the entire team here, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, take a page out of Dee's book. Let's all try to love ourselves a little more, no matter what we might be going through right now. No Star, God bless, and see
0: you next time. Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duval Show.